Ladies and gentlemen, I would never have thought in a million years that one of the biggest groups in the world who I became friendly with, in particular, this particular gentleman and his wife, I never thought all these years later, one, there'd be a new album, two, there would be an interview because he, he just used to shy away from everything. So I'm going to say, I'd like to teach the world to... <laughs> Shut up, William, do me number. I'd uh, like Peter. to teach... The... It's Marty <laughs> Christian. Hello, Marty. How you doing, mate? I'll never forget all of you walking into the Shakespeare all those years ago when it was launched as the New Seekers and it was one of the most exciting times I've ever had in my career. You Do you realise, Marty, now looking back, how monster you all were? Well, God, it's, it's a long time ago, Peter. 70 to 74. It was a heady, heady period. And the Shakespeare, what a great place that was as well. Beautiful yes, club. Indeed. And you rehearsed beyond belief. I'd never seen anyone. It was Keith Potker. Was it Keith Potker? Keith, yeah, yeah. Keith was uh, never, time, yeah. yeah. I'd never seen an act rehearsed like that. It makes a shame <laughs> of what's out there now. Because you were, weren't you? You were worked to death. It was yeah, perfect. Yeah, well, um, I mean, we prided ourselves on our harmonies, and they were, they were quite intricate at different times. And, uh, yeah, I mean, practice makes perfect, so, that, you know, we, we try to do our best and uh, obviously <clears throat> hit, hit a chord, the right chord because uh, we had a lot of success worldwide, as you know. What do you feel looking back on those times? Fantastic. It was uh, a very heady time. It was like um, gliding on top of a, of a wave, um, going, <clears throat> traveling all over the world, meeting lots of wonderful people, um, performing in, in different places, uh, representing Great Britain in the Eurovision, doing uh, concerts in front of the Queen and, and um, Earl Mountbatten and all that. It was great, great fun. You, 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 Marty, were the heartthrob, but you were a very, very happily married man, which really went against what people wanted you to be. They didn't want you to be the happily married man. They wanted you to be the heartthrob, which you were. And you, in a way, shied away from it a little bit, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, every male would, you know, loves the adulation of, the, of its day, and uh, and I was no no exception to it. It was it was great, we, you know, um, and the group had uh, a sort of a popularity across the the whole board, the whole spectrum. You know, it was mums and dads and and girls and guys and everyone. So it was really good. Who was Marty Christian before the New Seekers? Um, he was uh, an Aussie. Grew up in Australia. Um, I studied uh, architecture at Melbourne University for a couple of years. Um, but I was always interested in singing. I, I used to um, arrange school concerts, um, get up and imitate Elvis and do all that sort of stuff. So <clears throat> it was in my blood from early days. And um, I was lucky enough to do a, a radio talent show in Australia called the Three Gong Award, which is a bit like, um, I suppose, like Opportunity Knocks in those days. And funny enough... Um, there's a few Aussies that did it that became quite worldwide celebrities. Um, Olivia Newton-John, she did it as well, not the same time as, as me. Anyway, so that sort of um, gave me a bit of confidence. I won the competition and then eventually ended up um, getting a recording contract, travelled around Australia as a solo singer for a time, and then um, then I met up with a guy called Crispian St. Peter. Remember Crispian? Yeah. He had some huge hits, You Were On My Mind and um, Pied Piper. And I did a tour with him in Australia, and his manager was a guy called Ken Pitt. And Ken also managed Manfred Mann and a young up-and-coming singer at that time called David Bowie. And Ken said that if I was ever in England that uh, he would see if he could help me with my career. So 
it was every Aussie's um, desire and dream to, to travel to England, and um, I was lucky enough to land a contract on a on a ship um, performing as a singer. Came over to England, and I stayed in David Bowie's room. Funnily enough, I took over his room for one night to the next day, but moved out, and I moved in. And then, uh, and then everything sort of went on from there. Um, I got together with a guy called David Joseph, whose television shows I'd appeared on in Australia. Um, a show called The Go Show, which was the equivalent of Top of the Pops over here. And he was a good mate of Keith Podkers. The Seekers had just disbanded, and Keith was um, eager not to give up that whole um, show business thing and wanted to create a new band, a new harmony band, and call them the New Seekers. And David somehow talked me into meeting Keith and uh, joining the band. Did you ever believe that it was going to be that successful? Um... Funny enough, I was told by a clairvoyant that it would be more successful than my wildest dreams and that I'd be playing in front of a sea of people. <laughs> so wow. uh, that was before that. But, yeah, no, I had no, no real um, comprehension of it at the time. You know, you just go along with whatever you think is a good thing, and, um, and that's what we did. So for the <laughs> first year, of course, nothing happened at all. We just worked all over the place um, doing uh, bases, the, the military bases in, in Germany and on the continent, and then different clubs until um, we had a hit with Look Around to My Song Now, which was our first hit, and it started off in America. And from there it all took off. Marty, I mean, you've always had an opinion, and that's why I love you and Carol. Carol's got more of an opinion than you. That's his wife, by the way. Um, <laughs> what I want to ask is, do you get angry because you're a writer, you're a prolific writer, but you also have done that hard work to get where you are today and to have that success you had? Do you get annoyed or do you feel sorry for the kids on um, uh, Britain's Got Talent, uh, The X Factor, etc.? Um, I don't. I certainly don't get annoyed. Um, I, I mean, I wish everybody well, and sometimes I just fear for some kids because I mean, it's it's. Um, I suppose it's, it's people's ambitions sometimes to be favorite, fa famous and, and, and wealthy, maybe and all those things. And um, I suppose I was caught up in that kind of thing when I was a kid as well. So you go th from all those experiences. But um, having gone through the experiences, of course, um, it's not always um, honey and roses up there. You know, there's there's all kinds. You know, it's a, it can be a two-edged sword. You can be propelled into stardom one minute, and um, and suddenly, when your time is over and you've got no more hits or anything else, and you still believe your publicity, you can have uh, a tremendous downfall and. and painful consequences. That's an interesting statement, when you believe your own publicity. I think that's exactly <laughs> sums it up, Marty. Yeah. You've got to keep your feet on the ground. Did you ever get to the stage where you were nearly believing your own publicity, or have you always been grounded? Um, well, you, you get swept up with lots of different things. You know, when, when you're having hits, you, you, you feel that you're on the crest of a wave and, and that everything's going, and, and, uh, and you're super confident with all the things that you do, and and I never contemplated not being successful at that point. But, you know, everything has its moment, everything has its time, and it, everything is a sort of a cyclic event. So for every up, there eventually has to come down. And, of course, the most incredibly supportive wife, who is also in the industry. But what a powerful lady. Yeah, uh, Carol is fantastic. She runs a, a dance and drama academy, as you know, mm -hmm. Peter, with about 300 kids uh, in... in uh, North London, so it's, it's great. Mm. You've got an album out, which I never thought you'd ever do again. 
called Echoes. And we're going to talk about that. Um, where's it come from? Why, why is okay, it happened? Well, what it is, Philip, it's, a, it's an album of demo recordings. Now, you and I in the past did a demo recording as well. I'll talk about that in a minute. It's held in my mum. But <clears throat> the thing is that uh, I had lots of different songs that I wrote for, with different people on my own. Uh, a lot of rock and roll songs that weren't appropriate for the New Seekers, some ballads, some whatever. And, you know, in, in the early days, 70s and 80s, um, I was never without a guitar in my hand. So I was always recording, singing, uh, whatever, and writing. And so I had an accumulation of a lot of different songs that had never seen the light of day. You know, you just churn one out uh, day after day. And um, I was looking through my loft the other day, and Ollie said, uh, what are all these, Dad? Ollie, said, Ollie being one of your sons? Yeah, Oliver, yeah. And he said, what are all these? And I said, well, it's just a bunch of demos that I used to do in the old days. And he said, can I hear them? Um, and after having heard them, he prompted me, along with Nick, um, who runs the New Seekers website, they prompted me to, uh, to master them as, as um, digital recordings and uh, put them out. So they're, they're, they are in the original format in as much as the sounds haven't changed. Some of them were done in my loft, some were done in uh, studios, and all of them are self-penned or co-written. Except for one. Except for Track one, absolutely. Ten. <laughs> Track 10, Open Heart. Now tell me the story about this, because this is your son. One well, of your songs. Yeah, um, it was my wife Carol's birthday. It was her big birthday, and, uh, and lo and behold, um, Ollie had written this song the previous night, had recorded it that night, and the next morning, he came up and he said, Mum, I want to give you this little present. Have a listen to this. And we had several uh, friends of ours gathered around, and lit literally there wasn't a, a dry eye. It was just one. It's, uh, I call it every mother's song, because uh, that's what it really should be. It's like a, a real good Mother's Day song. Because, um, yeah, he, he wrote it for his mum, and it's a, it's a tribute to her. I'm talking to Marty Christian, who was with the New Seekers, who has this uh, demo recordings of, 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 well, he's called it Echoes, which is really interesting. I had it on the other day, and it, it really is quite a fascinating thing. Um, when I think of you, um, I always, with the New Seekers, always remember the Coca-Cola advert, which has got to be the biggest thing in the world, hasn't it? Yeah. I'd a, like to see... To well, you know how all that started, Pete, don't you? no. Well, we did a bunch of um, jingles for Coke in America because we lived there at, uh, at one point in the 70s. And we did, um, I think it was 29 three-minute jingles that they used to farm out to various uh, radio stations in different areas. And then they gauged the reaction. Well, um, I'd like to buy the world of Coke, as it was called then. got such a fantastic reaction that um, Coca-Cola decided to make it their premier ad campaign. <clears throat> so... Um, uh, and that's what happened. They, yeah. It became a television campaign, and we were supposed to do the the, vid, the, um, the visuals as well. But sadly, we were contracted to do a, something else at the same time, and so we couldn't actually do the visuals. And and uh, the people that that were on the hillside at that time were uh, miming to our song. Fantastic. Now, it, it, with this new album, um, if there was only one track you could take with you. To a desert island, so I'm getting somebody else's program. <laughs> I love that. Only one track, only one. Which would it be? Which is difficult. Uh, well, I mean, apart I've been from all the songs, and, and the ones that were there were just the first ones that came up out of the hundreds that I've done. Um, so it's difficult for me to just itemise that no, one. I mean, uh, 
I like a couple of them. There's one that's just with a acoustic guitar. It's called um, A Woman Grows. That's one interesting one. From a rock perspective, I like uh, Touch of Love, I suppose, which is a bit of fun and tongue-in-cheek. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or um, Just Another Lesson, which is about, you know, the... the the heartaches that we all go through in our love life. Um, yeah, so uh, it's difficult for me to mm. just itemise one. You've done a lot of um, main radio programmes now over this. How's the album being received? Well, very, very good. I mean, uh, people seem to... You know, it, it is a demos album, so as I say, some of the quality on, on, on some of the songs varies um, in terms of the actual sounds, but uh, the songs themselves have, have got a great reaction, so I'm really pleased about it. I've got to tell you a story, ladies and gentlemen. I was working with Shack Attack on tour. I was very delighted to stay with uh, Marty and his lovely wife in a place where they live, which is, the, I won't tell you where it is, but it's the most amazing place. You couldn't imagine how wonderful it is, really, just as an area. It's just fabulous. And I had this amazing idea uh, with these words in my mouth, held in my mind, Hilda, Hilda, my mom in all the world, you're number one. And I don't know where it came from, and I came back to uh, have some supper with Marty and Carol. I told Marty, he said, you should put music to that. And three months, four months later, we had a record out on Pi Records. It was incredible that the way that happened, you know? Well, sometimes things move very, very quickly if it's meant to be at that time. And, and it was very, as I recall, Peter, it was very emotive as far as you were concerned at that time. It's an emotional occasion, wasn't it? It was weird. And then you introduced me to one of life's characters who got the deal, Eric Hall. Mon- oh, monster, monster. <laughs> what I of think life? He, he's doing um, uh, a radio show in uh, in Essex, isn't he? I think so. I'm not too sure. I know he became a football agent, he but did he, he was while, yeah. wild. I always remember going out with him one night. You were in the car. There's a couple of people, and he was bumping my car from behind, t- telling me to go through the traffic lights, pushing me car along in his car. <laughs> he was mad. One of uh, he's one of life's characters. You'd, you'd really put him down as that. Absolutely. Looking back uh, at what you've had in your career and looking at the business now, it's not the same industry, is it? No, everything, well, life is full of changes. It changes all the time. So the things that, you know, when we recorded in our day, it was it started off as a two-track machine and a four-track and 16. And, you know, uh, and then there were vinyl records and that went to um, to CDs and now it's all digital and, and, and iPhones and God knows what. It's a fantastic thing. I, I love the way things change. How have the fan club um, re- reacted to Echoes? Because you've got a very strong fan base, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, touch with it. I've not had any, you know, negativity yet. Everyone seems to be very supportive, and and uh, different people like different tracks. So it's, it's nice, and uh, I think, they, as you pointed out, they were surprised that I've actually decided to, to to release something. Well, you're a stubborn man. You would never listen to anybody else. It was always when you wanted to do it. So. <laughs> Well, I got pushed into it this time by well, uh, Ollie time. and, and uh, Nick. About time. And, of course, your other lovely son is an actor, but uh, out um, walking the world. In fact, yeah. we've just come back, Peter. We've just um, Two and a half weeks ago, we were in Sydney, and um, Jamie's out there with his girlfriend. He, he's been backpacking, doing the usual thing that Aussies do, and in a reverse capacity. He, he stayed a month in India, and then he went to Thailand, and then Cambodia, Vietnam, and eventually ended up in Australia. And he's in Sydney now, and he's just landed um, uh, a lead in, in a television show. I think it's an, only a one-off, but, you know, he's doing something. Because he was doing really well in England as an actor, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, acting, like any aspect of show business, is a tough, it's a tough world out there today. 
there's a lot of competition and you know if your face fits at the right time then fantastic and you would never in a million years of thought all those years ago you would finish up lecturing on a ship <laughs> well you'd hardly call it lecturing it's sort of like um yeah that, that's another thing as well um i've never really thought of myself as a speaker but um Recently, over the last couple of years, I've, I've done quite a few cruises where um, I do like a PowerPoint presentation talking about funny anecdotes, stories of my past, things that happened, people that we've met. Um, yeah, and I've enjoyed it. Really so, enjoyed it. Now, can they buy this album? The album is only available as, as a sort of a limited edition. It's only available through the New Seekers website. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd be happy for anyone to listen to it and, and, and uh, tell me what they think. Will we ever see you on tour again, you yourself? I doubt it. It's a young person's business, Peter. It's a young person's game. I'll tell, tell you what. Tell that to I, Bob Dylan. I'll be there if... Tell um, that to Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> Mick I'll, Jagger. I'll be watching my son Oliver if he gets out there with his group called Moons. He's a fantastic songwriter and um, he's very, very different. He's got a very sort of spiritual outlook on things. So uh, I'm, I'm very keen to listen to his stuff. Marty, uh, one, one last question. Um, d- of all the memories from the, the New Seekers days, one memory, the only one that you could take, which would be the one one that you'll never forget? Oh, God, that's a difficult question, isn't it? I, I mean, know, because it, you did so, so many much. Highlights. I, I mean, when we had our first number one record with um, Never Ending Song of Love, that was a fantastic highlight. We, we really celebrated that one. Um, I suppose, you know, meeting all the people that we met, Henry Kissinger and all those other people talking to. It's difficult to, to itemise, doing all the travelling, doing the big concerts. Um, I can't really go away with one memory. that they, they, they flood back. Marty, what's the website for The New Seekers? Uh, well, if anyone just Googles in The New Seekers, it'll bring them to the, uh, to the website anyway, or at www.thenewseekers.com. It's thenewseekers.com. Marty Christian, thank you for joining us. Thanks very much, Peter. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. Why not subscribe? You know it's free. So join us and tell your friends. It's great going on walks and doing whatever you want to do and then putting P-Price on. We've got a back catalogue of over 100 interviews. Join us. Subscribe. It's free.